Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this bonus episode of the Gatecast. The actual bonus number is at the time of recording unknown. It doesn't really matter. It's a bonus episode. We don't have Alan this week. He is currently in Wincanton at the Discworld convention. I figured that he's rather busy, so he wouldn't want joining us on Skype. And by us, I mean, you guessed it, Brad is here. Happy Easter, I think. Hello, everyone. Easter. <laughs> I think he'll go out before Easter. <laughs> okay, we're going to do something a little different. I was looking through IMDb, looking for a short 20, you know, 20 minute, 30 minute episode of something that featured one of the stars of Stargate. And I came across this little beauty Goosebumps. Yes, I know I can see the puzzled expressions on your faces right now. <laughs> And believe it or not, not a bad little show. It is a children's show. It is a it is a horror show, really, for kids. Mm. So don't expect too much from it, except that it has got Stargate credibility. Went to Dropbox last night before I went to bed. I think, goosebumps, what the hell has he got us watching now? <laughs> <laughs> went straight to bed, I never pressed play. Just then while I was waiting for all this to work out, started watching it, seeing the connection, I'm going, holy crap. Yeah. Well, there's three connections. We've got Amanda Tapping. We've also got Catherine Isabel, who plays a young girl. She was in Stargate. And the director. I'm sure you've got the date when it's aired and everything else. She was in the early 20s when she started on SG-1. I'd hate to know how old she is here. I never actually looked. This is going back to childhood here. This has got to be pre-Stargate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. She was born in 65 and this aired in 96. Oh. Yeah, she was 31. Yeah, I thought it would have been earlier than that. I suppose 96, I was just fresh out of primary school and going to high school. <laughs> can't remember the TV show ever existing. Maybe they just didn't air it over here. I've never seen it. But then again, I wasn't really watching kids programming <laughs> at the time. <laughs> no, even the five minutes I've just watched, it's um, definitely targeted to kids. I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> mm. B-movie fun, but without the length. It'll do for a bonus show. Yep. You want to jump straight in, brother? Yep, I'm good to go. Okay, then we'll do a simple countdown and then we'll go. Three, two, one, click. Right then, this is, uh, it's recorded off broadcast television, so we've actually got a small little picture window at the moment. <laughs> I get the Goosebumps music written by Jack Lenz, who also worked on Little Mosque on the Prairie, The Saddle Club, Total Recall 2070 and Due South. I do like the dog. Uh, are they credits for the previous show down the bottom corner? Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> Television companies love to squeeze credits these days. You'd think the unions would have something to say about it. Yeah. I was thinking, TV here today, we don't even get end credits now. They just cut straight into the next show. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the time they do. Okay then, Goosebumps, Season 1, Episode 4. Goosebumps title of this episode, It Came From Beneath The Sink. (laughs) 
and here we go a nice domestic two up two down family moving in canadian abode i think we've seen the start of this uh, on many a horror movie uh, the, the innocent family moving in and yep. oh look who it is <laughs> a young amanda tapping I don't know why, but I was expecting that to be Chris Judge. <laughs> yeah, very young Chris Judge. Because I was trying to figure out who who was the connection in it, and it was only it was only about now when I noticed it was Amanda tapping. Oh, no, that's not correct. <laughs> oh, look at that kid! Can't timed how long it took him to get here. Bit of a nerd there, a nerd in embryonic form. When we moved into our new house, everyone was happy. Now we've got the voiceover by the character of Cat Merton, who is played by Catherine Isabel. She was in uh, the Stargate SU1 episode Camelot, playing Valencia. Ah. I was right. That's her second Stargate connection. Here she is. A little bit younger than when we first saw her hmm. in season uh, season 10 of SG1. And there's the uh, third connection, directed by David Winning, who directed uh, Childhood's End. And you've got to admire any family that names their Alsatian killer. I was going to say, it's very... Take my advice. Yeah. Oops, it's something a kid would do. It's something that a parent, parent, parent would go, no. Hey, mm. oh. It's a kitty. A kitty. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a kitty, dog. That's a big sink she's crawling under. And the last people that left never took the cleaning products. <laughs> <laughs> no, they took everything, you know, brushes and squeezes. Even though and the spice is still up there. And a torch. Oh, God bless them. <laughs> Normally the light bulbs have gone as well. Yeah, I don't think they moved out, they just left. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you seen Men in Black? Don't do it. <laughs> oh, and the light's going uh, out as well. This isn't going to end well. Light globe torches. I love the LED. <laughs> <laughs> the killer, killer knows something's wrong. Listen to the dog. Always listen to the dog. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. A bunch of shark teeth. <laughs> Quaking in my boots. <laughs> you, you didn't close the door. <laughs> it's coming for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's it's going to be one of those uh, beasties that plays dumb. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's what little brothers are for. Mm. <laughs> after it. He could tell. It has eyes and everything. Just a basic sponge. It must have been the light reflecting on it. Killer nose. I know that voice from somewhere. China. Uh, China. Yeah. <laughs> It's how she packed it in an open box. Out of here. <laughs> oh, you, you deserve that broken woman. I'm sorry. It's okay, I blame your husband. I blame your dad. <laughs> packed it. After, oh, after watching this only a, only a year before SG1 premiered, I'd love to see the screen tests. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween music would be perfect here. Mm. Oh, is <laughs> is this sponge on the floor? Uh, wash wash the mirror. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> You're not going to have a good job washing your face when you can't even see it. 
you've seen some sort of monster or alien, so you're washing your face in a dingy bathroom with a. Oh. Ah. <laughs> <Smash>. <laughs> 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 a bloodbath. The whole family just hanging inside the door. And I wanted to reach my towel and it was. That lad's just watched Die Hard. He really fancied running around in his bare feet. Mm. I don't know how it got in here, but it was it was staring at me. It was staring right at me. Oh. Katrina, please, this isn't funny anymore. But I, I swear it was right there. God, please. <laughs> You're not going to win this one. No. You're, you're sounding, you're sounding mad. Mad, I tell you. I need stitches. She never wanted to move here anyway. Although the mirror does look a lot cleaner now. It did. <laughs> All, all is right. Even killers kipping. Mm. <laughs> any sign of noise, I'd be waking up now. <laughs> like that. That's that's. <laughs> What's what that? <laughs> you don't notice the dog gets up. <laughs> killer's going to investigate. <laughs> and he. Oh, happened. He didn't like the sound of that. How high is that bed off the ground for German Shepherd to get up there? <laughs> and it's just moved. It should be packed with boxes under there. And so does your face. Frozen pizza. Or cold pizza. Oh, Daniel Merton. He's he's playing a wonderful uh, brother. Played by Tyrone Savage. He's been in The Dresden Files, Red Wall and Stoked. Mr. Merton. Uh, Howard Hoover. See if I can find He's been them. in Relic Hunter, Monk, like Odyssey, Odyssey off. 5, Missing, and the movie Repo Man. Hmm. Well, Repo Men, I should say, the modern Bad remake. Were they were worse. First it was my mom dishes. That's it, get out of the house. Yeah, if you think the house is foot. probably possessed or as no, an alien living in the basement. <laughs> I thought, what's next? <laughs> what, what's next? Oh, the, my the brakes. Whoa! Bounce, bounce. Applause to the uh, small frame stunt woman they got to do that. Mm. Uh... So, are we to believe the, uh, the sponge? That's <laughs> <laughs> a rather clever sponge. This proved it. Something was definitely going on. <laughs> there you go, then. Definitely. It's not, it's not cable broke, it's only the old pedal backward drum break by the looks of it, so they don't fail that often. <laughs> oh, God, that, that rice or popcorn? <laughs> Very white. Blanched popcorn, isn't it? There's no, uh, there's no caramel on that. <laughs> Prop syrup or anything. Everything's going wrong. That's probably punishment for having pizza. Although, in saying that, we used to, you just, just buy the, the popping kernels. Throw in the yeah. saucepan and pop them, then um, cover them in icing sugar. <laughs> hey, all I know is that ever since we found that sponge, we've had nothing but bad yeah, It is evil sponge. Hey, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, it's there. Oh, it's it's <laughs> You know it's somebody's hand in the sponge, yeah. don't you? <laughs> it's better than the X Files. Like <laughs> oh, she's got it. There you go. <laughs> What, what's all with this kid? Is there water coming out of this? <laughs> oh, it was the wire. 
it needs to be studied. What a big nerd this lad is. Carlo, played by Ashley Brown. <laughs> Change of mind. <laughs> is that hole just there, Doug? <laughs> Probably kill it, Doug, it earlier. Mm. They're burying a living entity alive. You cruel, cruel <laughs> children. Say goodnight, Spongy. <laughs> spongy. You've seen the human world. <laughs> about to change. Burying something alive never works out. They dig, they dig themselves out. Yeah. <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, a sponge, if you cut it into bits, it's not going to kill it, is it really? It's going to make lots of little... <laughs> Check under oh. your bed. Killer missing. You going to catch a chill, kitty? Come on inside, it's bedtime. Still no sign of killer. <laughs> I want to see him driving around the neighborhood yelling his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's something you've always got to consider with the dog, haven't you? Mm. Will you be embarrassed if you had to call its name out loud? <laughs> yep. <laughs> no. Oh. Even the Dutton says, What's that hole in the garden? <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> Did Killer bury himself? It's coming. It's coming back. <laughs> what happened? Oh, that's not good. Everything's dying. Oh. <laughs> Is it because you you buried an evil entity in the garden? They just painted all that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. The tree there, ready to be planted. That's why the hole was there. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Bag around the roots. I wouldn't be digging with my hands either because no. I know it's got. It has shark teeth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, plan B. We need an expert. Let's yeah, take it to school. <laughs> I thought I thought they were new to this neighbourhood. Hmm. Huh? Uh -huh. Haven't they moved school districts or whatever expected. the equivalent is? No, well, the, <laughs> the kid on the bike at the start saying oh, it took him eight minutes to ride there. You think he's only just moved to the other side of town? Yeah, maybe. Not yeah. a part of town anyway. Look at that, it's playing possum now. For the teacher, Mrs. Vanderhoof, who plays, who's been played by Pamela Redfern. She's been in uh, Warehouse 13, uh, The American Queerest Folk, and Serendipity. All this bad stuff's been happening. Look. It's a sponge. It <laughs> Insected or something? Yeah, just give it a squeeze. It's... Yep, still a sponge. Check back with me tomorrow after school. She's not going to do anything. Thanks, Miss Going to eat her. <laughs> oh, and Miss Vanderhoff, <laughs> just make sure that whatever you do, you put it back in its cage yes. when you're done. Don't get it wet. Don't feed it after midnight. I was going to say, something like that's got to happen, hasn't it? <laughs> and it, it knows, right then, she's gone. Mm. The multiplying serum. Yes. <laughs> What's it? Telekinesis and all. <laughs> got you now. <laughs> it's hard to make a, a sponge really that dynamic. Encyclopedia of the Weird. <laughs> Why am I not surprised Carlo has that? 
He probably picked it out for himself for a Christmas present. Mm. He's probably got a telescope and a microscope. Sponge is actually a gruel. A what? A gruel. A gruel. this kid. Look at that. Let me sit in this chair and look smart. And they're right. Why is he wearing glasses? Because that'd be too much for a stereotype. And then it feeds on the bad luck it causes. Each time something bad happens, it gets stronger. This is a mighty fine book. You won't find this sort of information in the Encyclopedia Britannica. No. Do you really buy all this? Straight from the book. Just be glad you didn't find the lengths. These days it'd be straight from Wiki, so you can believe it. This vampire potato. Vampire potato. Let's just deal with one monster at a time, all right? Why don't we just mail it to the North Pole or drop it in the ocean or something? Not a good idea. If the owner gives the girl away, the owner oh. dies. Oh, the... I must be the really? owner. Really? <laughs> I'm the one that found it. That's right. Lucky thing you dug it up from the garden. Oh, but I left it with You gave it away. Uh-oh. You what? Does that happen? <laughs> I wouldn't wait around It's been nice knowing you, sis. They're gonna go and break into the school. <laughs> nah, this is America, or North America. Schools are always open at night. Buffy taught us that. <laughs> you are my sunshine, uh. my only well, that's a bit, a bit of an easy trail, at least. Torches. The janitor, played by Jack Newman. He's actually been in decent career, actually. Haven, FX2, Cocktail, Earth Final Conflict. I feel sorry for this janitor. He's got this whole school to clean by himself. Mm. Everybody spread out and search. You'll never know, He's happy though. <laughs> Type dick. <laughs> could have been. It could have been the, one of the original walks. Why? Why are they looking in there? <laughs> it's going to be That's the bin. Teachers gonna throw it away. <laughs> he can smell something rotten. It's after you. I really wouldn't be crawling around on the floor. No. One place the sponge might be. Yeah, oh, that's don't never do a it. Idea. Don't do it. <laughs> I was expecting to eat it. That's where I left it. <laughs> and of course, the. Of all the bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Has he got that dirty... He's he using it. <laughs> what kind of cleaner is he? Uh. That sponge must have some sort of... Uh, <laughs> ability, you know. Breaking okay. glass rooms and... The ability to make torches stop working. <laughs> <laughs> the breakers are in the classroom. <laughs> That's always fun. Something, something that you always want... Handy for kids to muck about with. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's coming for him. It's co- oh, it's him. <laughs> Is he dead? I suck up. No, I hope not. But that would take some explaining. <laughs> I know we were never sad. here. We've got to get help. Carlo, 
you never, never say anything because he's he's a type to actually come out and. Come on, kids, get out of this. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. So. Rick, oh. <laughs> oh, oh no, no, don't do it. Oh, look at that. Saturday 8 pm, a Goosebumps movie. Werewolf of Fever Swamp. Oh. <laughs> it's in. Oh no. So, a, a cabinet that contains acid is not securely fixed to the wall. Yep. <laughs> hey, look, it's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. What's it doing? Feeding off the acid or something? Oh. The door's blocked. We're trapped. Well, considering the cabin, the cabinet landed up the other way. What are we going to do? Never mind. Yes, feed him to the sponge. <laughs> Old ones first. What's that? It's his tape player. Oh, no. Oh. Yes, you've got it. Mars attacks. Here we come. It makes you want to puke. Yeah, but why does it make you want to puke? Because it's so happy. It's... You want my sunshine? Okay, maybe with the right voice it could be a happy song. Go turn up the music. Instrumental-wise, it doesn't mean a damn thing. Oh, no. There goes the batteries. Batteries gone. Daniel? These kids aren't having much luck, are they? Words, they just repeat it. Make, Make Carlo happy. You can figure it out. Did I ever tell you what a wonderful sponge you are? <laughs> Has the sponge got so bad self-esteem or something? So of course. Brilliant. Oh, Kill it. <laughs> I love your big beautiful eyes. All of them. I love what you've done with your hair. And that's some supernatural entity this is. Unfortunately, he's being honest. That's it. We'll save the adult. Is it? That acid fumes cannot be good for you. I wouldn't be standing, moving away. And now you're removing any other oxygen that's in the air for fire And the sponge doesn't like that either. That does not make the sponge happy. Hey, Which is kind of... Right. Ooh, that looks... Killer! That's killer been here. <laughs> <laughs> the birdies are still singing. The day after. Was it all a dream? As it said in the Encyclopedia of the Weird, I couldn't get rid of the gruel. It's mine forever. Well, that's not good, so, is it? <laughs> I did the next best thing. Sooner or later, you're going to forget about it. <sighs> good morning, Gruley. Oh. <laughs> In a few years, when your boyfriend stays over, you may have some explaining to do. There you go. Enjoy your boyfriend, or you start going into that punk rock stage when you get a bit older. <laughs> going a bit goth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> really... Oh, killer's back. It's safe to come back now. Yeah. What a doggy. 
and the parents are back as if nothing ever happened. Yep. He'd come back. Good boy. Okay, everyone. It was just a normal day. French toast. <laughs> What'd you bring me, huh? What'd you bring back? Vampire potato. Vampire potato. Vampire potato. What is it? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I guess that. You guess. <laughs> oh, because most things they say at the start of a show come back. <laughs> now I'm intrigued. <laughs> About what? I'll have to look up, up somewhere, Google it, and see if the next episode, if that was a one-off episode or if Tato returns. <laughs> well, I'd say it was a one-off story, I don't, but I don't know, the potato may return. It's mm. all horror orientated. Because mm. I'd like to know so many things you could come up with, so... What's the tagline for the book? R.L. Stein, Goosebumps, it came from beneath the sink. It's warm, it's breathing, and it doesn't do dishes. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say it was breathing, but then again, I suppose it has a bit of a weight. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. Feedback time. We have a couple of voicemails. The first from Dan. Hey, Alan, Mike, listeners. Thanks for the podcast this year, and... Thanks for putting together some holiday specials for us. We appreciate it. I've been on a constant Stargate rewatch, and I'm in Season 5, but I'm also watching along with you guys uh, whenever you put out the podcast. So, it's fun. I love this show. I've not rewatched any Atlantis episodes. I'm just going to wait and catch those after I'm done with SG-1. In the meantime, I've been really enjoying a Battlestar Galactica rewatch. I'm in season four of that. It's been a couple of years since I've seen it, so I thought it was about time. And I'm also doing a fringe watch along with that. And I'm in season two. As far as current shows go, the only thing that I can see that I'm really interested in is Almost Human. And so I'm trying to catch each episode as it airs. Um, it's airing on, on the Fox network in the U.S. I just hope they don't mess it up. Regardless, it's still a great show. The crew that produced and wrote Fringe, those are the guys that are working on it. And uh, I'm also looking forward to season three of Continuum. That's pretty much all the TV I have time for lately. But uh, I appreciate everything you guys do, and I just want to say thanks. And we're looking forward to more Gatecast in the coming year. Well, thank you very much, Dan. Always a pleasure to put a voice to someone we follow and chat to on Twitter. And folks, Dan has always been very active in helping us to spread our wings on the portal. We hope you have a great 2014, Dan. And in time, enjoy Atlantis. And having just finished a Fringe rewatch myself, I know you are enjoying that show. We also got a voicemail from Brad. Hello, listeners. This week we go to Imperial Japan, where Tom Cruise helps the Emperor defeat the evil... Scourge is the samurai, but only to side with them and fight back. No, wait a minute, that's not right. This week in episode 206, we have Babylon. And yes, a very well used story plotline over the years. But it's good to see there's only hinting at Mitchell fighting for the Sodan side instead of actually doing it like most of the times. The opening dialogue with Mitchell and Daniel monologuing Telk. It was a good little bit of humour and Daniel has a lot of good lines this episode. Some good funny moments. I know he's in the Air Force but he's a colonel and Mitchell should have some better combat training 
when facing him instead of staying standing in an open position and just firing wildly all over the place. And, um, it's no wonder he got the shot. And the Zodan have the shorter staff weapon, which is supposed to be better for manoeuvrability. Um, yet they can't hit the side of a barn when they get the first shot off. Yes, it would have ended the episode early, but I would have expected Mitchell to take a shot then instead of later on. The village set cost an 800000 to build. But, um, you'd think they'd just use a local Japanese garden or something, but you can definitely see the money's well spent there. The Prometheus is in orbit and uh, scanning the planet's surface and checking some of the neighbouring moons. you think they could have thrown a couple of stock photos of it in orbit in there. And I had a question about the 5,000-year-old ancient cloaking technology that we've never seen before. But that's answered with a whole new question. The Todan actually built the devices themselves from some writings they discovered. Uh, they must have been fairly powerful, fairly knowledgeable anyway back then. Yet they live in huts. <laughs> and they stated that they'll insert a keb yet discovered the planet they reside on now. Uh, does that mean the obelisk was there and they deciphered how to use it, even though Daniel was ascended, or is ascended, and he didn't know how to use it? <laughs> Seems like a slight plot hole. And did Keb even exist 5,000 years ago? And Mike, you said the obelisk, well, we know ancient tech doesn't transport you across the galaxy or across the solar system, yet we do see in a later episode the same obelisk doing just that. No spoilers. Props to the sound department for a lot of the hits, stick hits or the groaning baton hits on Mitchell. It really, really conveys the sound of, of a hard hit and you feel each and every one of them and his high-wire efforts when he gets hit in the head. <laughs> and it seems odd at first that the aura would send a prior to the planet to recruit uh, a couple of dozen you know, people but then I suppose it's a ready-made strike force they can use at their will, uh, which we see later. <laughs> and poor Dr. Lee. Uh, it would have been good to see him get the electric shocks. At least he'll get the use of his legs back in a few days. <laughs> and some of the casting for the priors, they really found some evil-looking people to play them. It just makes tensions a whole lot more believable. And Cam seemed to be getting quite proficient with the training sticks and seemed like he could start to hold his own until he got his hands on a real weapon and all that training seemed to go out the window I suppose even though he did get a slash on the leg and the poisoning or the tranquilizing of him uh, I've never seen that coming the first time around I haven't seen those early episodes of Star Trek but um, he's slowly slowly starting to catch up with Jackson in the amount of deaths, even though you probably wouldn't call it a death but the script did and the death ends on a very ominous note. I'm glad they revisited the Zodan later on in the series it would have been a big letdown to completely leave them behind considering what they are and what they could help us with but yeah anyway, there before it's on 206 Babylon I got in late, it's currently 10.30 on a Sunday morning here so I've missed out on the Babylon podcast uh, I dare say it has been put in the, the episode you've just listened to which would be 20, not 207, it'll be the first bonus episode for the year, uh, which is a sequest episode so yeah, next week we get to listen to the future under the sea and I'll join you in a couple of weeks time 
for the very hilarious and um, not very well dated Goosebumps episode. So until then, I'll talk to you all in the new year. Bye-bye. Well, thanks, Brad. An epic voicemail, as you can hear, recorded while he's rolling over the plains of Australia. And apologies to both Brad and Dan for not playing their feedback sooner. I decided to keep it until the new year and include it in the one show. We had a great Christmas and New Year on our Twitter feed. Our Stargate family, that followers were, as always, a joy to interact with. And let's not forget Google Plus followers, who are becoming more vocal, and the ever-present loyal members of the Facebook group. We do have some feedback from the various shows released in the last month. Sequest on Google Plus, Natalie, posted, All the Deloise men, love it. I miss Dom. And Brad posted on Facebook, this should be fun. On the A Dog's Breakfast episode, Brad Moore started off the thread, still haven't seen this yet, will be an interesting listen. Holly Wilson posted, love this movie. Alison Venezio, my boyfriend and I love this movie. We crack up when Patrick throws a hissy fit and falls in the background while Marilyn tells Ryan he's a psychopath. I replied, yeah, it's great fun. Pity we never got Starcrossed the series. And Luke Tullett replied, Starcrossed would have been fun and fitted in post SG, BSG and sci-fi, but in a good way. On Google+, Jeffrey Simpson posted, I actually brought this movie on DVD, it's worth a laugh. But you have to like David Hewlett to make it enjoyable. I replied, yes, I would agree, like Adam Sadler flick. Got to be in sync with the style and humour. Natalie replied, I love David, so I love this movie. It was great to see some of the gang back together, even if it was for a silly movie. I replied, yes, it was. It is silly, but sometimes that's what you want. And where else is Chris going to get called lovely lumps? And Natalie replied, so true. She also posted on the Andromeda thread, this is the episode that Michael and Lexa fell in love. <laughs> yes, it was. We'd love to hear from you about anything Stargate or Gatecast related. If you want to get in touch with us, here are the ways. You can email us, including an audio message, using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. And we have groups and pages on both Facebook and Google+. You can search for us using generic Stargate, or more specifically Gatecast. We are also on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio, under Gatecast. And we simply swoon when we get an iTunes rating and review. They help the show get promotion on that service. Twitter seems to be popular. And you can find us at the Gatecast, which is one word. And finally, there is our main website, gatecast.co.uk, which has a variety of contact and links for keeping our Stargate family all together. And now we have a review from Brad of the audio book from Big Finish, Stargate Atlantis, Unnecessary Evil. When did anything we acquired in the Pegasus Galaxy ever come easily? My life was a testament to that. You should have known, Dr. Weir. That was your job. That was the whole point of it. Stop it! Stop! Why do you need to do this? You have me! You don't need to make me relive this. All these voices in my head. These memories of my life when I was... When I was... Human. Hello everyone, Brad here with a review of the Big Finish audio production Stargate Atlantis and Necessary Evil. And just a warning, the following review contains spoilers for Stargate Atlantis and Necessary Evil and Season 2 and 3 of Stargate Atlantis. Listener discretion is advised. Stargate Atlantis and Necessary Evil was written and directed by Sharon Gosling, 
Sound design by Steve Foxen and music by Steve Foxen. Cover art by Alex Mallison. Duration, it runs for about 70 minutes. It was released, recorded, sorry, on the 21st of January 2008 and currently costs the CD or hard copy is $17 and the downloadable copy is $14.99 in the Australian dollar. It stars Tori Higginson, who slips back into her role as Dr Weir perfectly, and Timothy Watson, who plays a very dark and calculating Minister Villeth. And its chronological placement, the story assumes that Dr Weir was mind-probed by the assurance following her capture at the beginning of Season 4. During that probe, the incident she recalls is set during Season 3, after Common Ground and prior to First Strike. When Shepard's team encounter a culture with phase-shift technology that keeps their entire population invisible and immaterial to the outside world, it looks like Atlantis might have found the perfect protection from the Wraith. Eager to make a trade for the technology, Dr Weir embarks on a diplomatic mission to negotiate with the people of Lanavulan. But once there, it becomes apparent that not everyone is happy about their way of life. Lilith was right. Getting to what he called the outer city didn't take long at all. It was, as he described, just beyond the inner city wall. And yet, it was like walking into a different world. Here, the streets were just ruts in the dirt, and the ramshackle houses slouched towards each other in the dusty air. Old men sat in the dirt, selling sparse items, vegetables, firewood, anything they could gather together, it seemed. It was such a violent contrast to what lay within the city walls that I could find nothing to say. Dr. Weir visits the city slums with Minister Villeth, who proposes to her that only by defending an enemy the people of Lanavolan will be free. It raises a good point. How do you convince the people someone's evil if they have not med said evil? My skin crawled as I understood what Villeth was saying. Serve the wraith. Is that what had caused the rift between these people so long ago? Is that what Villa's plan was now? In their poverty and desperation, these people were willing to worship these creatures? Unable to convince Minister Villeth, we, McKay and the Marine are stranded on a world as civil war breaks out. Their target, the phase shift generator, and with the arrival of a wraith hive the Daedalus is critically damaged and forced to return to Atlantis. With only her chance of escape, Dr. Weir must use all her skill, knowledge, not only to save herself, but to save her people from war or worse, a Wraith's slaughter. Considering when this is meant to take place, the dialogue between Shepard and McKay seems off, and Taylor's interest in the city's architecture seems out of place. I don't blame the writing, but perhaps someone didn't research the characters properly. Space cows and flying cars are mentioned in a mission briefing, but never brought up again. And my final thoughts, although it's always good to get any new Stargate stories, a necessary evil is an unnecessary purchase. It does have a fun little interview with Tori at the end, though, that sheds some light on her decision not to return to Atlantis. So that has been my review of Stargate Atlantis, A Necessary Evil. I hope to do a few more of these, if I can find the time. So I'll talk to you all later. Bye. That was a review that was intended to go into a bonus episode made up of, well, all reviews. Unfortunately, uh, I didn't record any, and so I decided to pad this episode out a bit with Brad's review of Unnecessary Evil.
Hopefully Brad will do a few more of them in the future, but if anybody else has got a review of the Big Finish Productions, record a couple of minutes and send them in. We'd love to play them. Okay then, thanks for listening to our Goosebumps episode, and many thanks for indulging us with our seasonal bonus shows. Next week we return to our Reason for Being, namely a look at the Stargate episode, which will be the Atlantis Season 2 story, Conversion. We hope you join us for that. So until then, I've been Mike. And I've been Brad. Stay safe, take care, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.